At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Wednesday morning. It's the Minnesota Tim podcast, which means one thing. It is time for Jake's Takes to deliver his amazing, fantastic, bearded takes on Vikings football, on um, the new Gophers quarterback, uh, the Watertown Mayor Royals making it to U.S. Bank Stadium. Man, there's so many things to talk about. Jacob, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great. I'm a morning person, so I'm always wide awake at 6 a.m., so better to do this than to do it at, you know, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. when I'm starting to fall asleep. So I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, I was very surprised when you told me that you listened to the Coach Phillips podcast this morning since we're recording at 6, and you said you listened to that already. It's like, man, what time were – I mean, I suppose with your schedule waking up at, what, 2 a.m., getting a couple of runs, and you probably listened to that during your run, right? Yeah, that's something like that. You know, I woke up at – I usually wake up at like five and I ate breakfast. I was eating my cinnamon toasters, the off-brand uh, Walmart version of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and listen to your podcast. So, yeah, it was good. Oh, cool. I always love to hear Mr. Phillips, Coach yeah. Phillips. Yeah, he's been good. I, I like his I like, I like, like his style and I like his <laughs> delivery on the podcast. Um, let's start with that. Your overall thoughts on the Watertown Mayor Royals making it to the semifinals U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, obviously, they had high expectations with the senior class, so they knew the season could be special. But at the end of the day, you still don't. You could have a special team, but not follow through on it. You know, plenty of teams have that. Um, only you know eight teams can make the state tournament. Only four teams can make U.S. Bank Stadium, so they're one of four teams to do it. So obviously, regardless of how special your team is, it's an incredibly difficult task to do. Um, I was probably like nervous, just as nervous as you were, as you were watching cannon falls runs the power T. So two tight ends and three running backs in the backfield. And it's all about misdirection. Two guys going one way, one guy going the other way, the quarterback going the other way. And it's a, it's a who's who of who has the ball, um, up 16, zero. I, I, that was the worst case scenario, um, for any kind of, you know, situation. It doesn't matter, you know, high school, pro college, if you have a team that's so efficient at running the ball and they're up 16-0. Um, that's tough, right? Because they can control the clock. They can run the ball down. I mean, it's not good. But when you have a team like uh, Watertown that runs an offense where you can score at any moment, they can pass, they can run, they can spread it out, they can grind out clock. Um, I at least had some faith, right? If Watertown was strictly a running team, there would have been some trouble. But again, they could spread the ball out. They had some long passing touchdowns. They had some long scrambles some long runs. I mean, they really, it was a variety of, you know, ways to move the ball. Um, Cannon Falls first pass ended up as an interception. That was pretty funny. Yes. Kind of like watching the Gophers where it's the one time they actually do pass. It's a disaster. So then it reminds you why you go back to the run, but yeah, that was a perfect read by uh, the DN to Baru to 
he saw a screen coming. He kind of popped back, picked that sucker off. I don't know how he didn't make the end zone. He had, he's a big boy. He's yeah. he's a big boy. So it took like four Cannon Falls guys to drag him down at the one yard line. But yeah, well, it was an exciting game to watch. I mean, just mm-hmm. watching the game down 16 0, I turned to my wife, Haley, and I'm like, man, why did I pay $7 to watch this game? And, I had the same thought. Yeah. And then I turned back towards my wife again and I'm like, well, I guess it was cheaper than going to the game. Probably mm-hmm. what? $10 a piece just to go to that game. I think it's like 15, 15. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's $16 to go to the U S bank stadium game a mm-hmm. piece. So, um, I think Zoe, maybe Zoe would be free, but hopefully, would, yeah, yeah, I would think. Um, but then they come back, take the lead 2016 at halftime. And then they're down <laughs> 30 to 20. And I'm like, well, Fourth quarter, it was a good effort. You know, they yeah. put together a solid performance. They didn't give up. Uh, the, everything is going to have to go perfectly for them to come back and win this game. Well, then they score a touchdown. They get the three and out. They score another touchdown on a 51-yard touchdown pass from Rundell to McCabe. And mm-hmm. Cannon Falls fumbles, and now they're onto the bank. It was just mm-hmm. it was a very similar game to the Vikings-Bills game because of mm-hmm. what needed to happen for the Royals to win. Everything aligned perfectly in that fourth quarter, just like it did for the Vikings. Yeah, and they took advantage too, right? It's it's the, the combo platter. Like, does the situation end up in a favorable way? And then do you actually take advantage of it? So it's a perfect example. Like, you don't get a three and out in Cannon Falls. It's, you know, it's over. And then getting the short punt and like Phillips talked about having a play called to kind of work down the sidelines and hopefully score before the two minutes and why it just broke free. Um, not quite a justice, Justin Jefferson level catch, but a good catch. Nonetheless <laughs> um, breaks away from both defenders and scores a touchdown. I mean, yeah, it's been fun to watch those guys, um, you know, bas- being involved in basketball for the last five years. You know, we've been, getting, I've been getting to know those kids since they were in eighth grade. Um, so it's just fun to watch them, you know, all those basketball players that we know and, and the non-basketball players too, of course, but you know, Wyatt and uh, Albert and John and all those guys. So yeah, it's fun to watch guys that, you know, and you watch grow into these positions, right? Yeah. It's just fun to watch what, you know, even the coaching staff too, you know, like guys like uh, Barons and Rundell and Urban and uh, Ross Holt, of course, like the, some of the, you know, those guys have been there a long time and they've, been through a lot of ups and downs you know as a coach it's also gratifying to kind of see your hard work pay off obviously the players are the number one reason you know for success and you know they are driving the boat here this the 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 senior class is great and then the lower classes are perfect complements to that so props to all them but as a coaching staff too it just feels good to know that what you're doing is you know kind of the right calls you're putting together the right schemes, you're calling the right plays, you're putting kids in the right spots. Like it's, it is satisfying. So it's good for them as well. So good all around. And yeah, sorry, I kind of segued, you segued to the Vikings and I kind of unsegued back. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. It's a huge like, deal. We got it's a, a huge deal way back. Are you going Saturday, by the way? We'll end it with that. Um, we're planning to go on Saturday. As long as baby Zoe's feeling good enough to go, she's been battling a cop all week. Uh, last okay. night may have been a turning point because she only woke up once and I only had to give her the pacifier once. And then she woke up at 5.15 to feed and now she's sleeping again. So maybe we're kind of rounding the corner here. Um, so I would say there's like a 93% chance that we go on Saturday. 
Yeah. I'm going with uh, Casey, or otherwise, as Watertown now knows him, uh, Mr. Fails, the yes. uh, science teacher. So. Man, so much pressure for him to take over Mr. Hoffman's spot. I know, Hoff. I need to text him because he was planning on going on like a cross-country road trip. So I got to see if he's got that going, uh, Mr. Hoffman. But uh, yeah, Mr. Fails, big shoes to fill, big room to fill. Um, yes. You're familiar with that room and... Oh yeah, as, as much as I am. So yeah, it's a, it's important. It's important, and it's funny for him too because he coached all these seniors as an eighth grade basketball coach for one year. <laughs> in between his when he was doing student teaching, he randomly like he had it was at Delno in the spring, and he had he didn't have you know that, that was all he was doing. So then he came over and coached, or he did that in the fall, and in the spring he kind of didn't have a you know he basically took the spring off. So he came and coached eighth grade basketball for us at Watertown. And that was this senior class. So they all were like, who's this kind of random guy coming in to coach? And now he's back in their lives as a teacher. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> that is funny. Well, now let's say you, you sorry, you segued into the Vikings and then yeah. I yeah, unsegued. So yeah. we can resegue back. Um, yeah. Speaking of amazing fourth quarter comebacks, uh, the Vikings defeated the Bills 33 to 30 in overtime. Um <laughs> The craziest regular season game, maybe in Minnesota Vikings history. Um, yeah, I've missed it live again. The third miracle I've missed. The Keenum to Diggs I've missed. The Farb to Greg Lewis I missed, and now the miracle and Buffalo I missed. Um, but I watched it on DVR. I watched the replay. Uh, your takeaways from the Vikings defeating the Bills? Yeah, I'm starting to think you should just stop watching the games. I'm thinking so that. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, obviously fabulous all around. Um, another kind of ugly, gritty win. But again, we've talked about it every single week. It seems like we'd rather win ugly and be eight and one than lose ugly and be four and five or whatever the case is. Um, I know you talked about like you brought back that clip from a month ago where you talked about oh nine. To me, this feels more like uh, what was that? 18, 19, when was Case Keenum? Yeah, wasn't it 17? I don't know. 17? I've been, oh, I've been, yeah. I've been referencing it in 17, but I'm not sure. 17 sounds right. You're right. You're right. Oh, you're right. That's what it reminds me of because although I'm getting a little bit sick of national folks just still discrediting the Vikings for the most part, um, 09, we knew they were like the best team in the league. That's true. Yeah. You know, Brett Favre is not as much as we love Kirk Cousins. <laughs> You know, obviously, Brett Favre in that year was MVP Brett Favre, like top notch, like easily best in the league kind of guy. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is obviously not to that level, but he's better than Case Keenum. But it's got that feel where it's kind of that improbable, just all the right pieces <laughs> melding together. Like, we're not really sure how it's happening, but they just keep winning. They're going to be there at the end. Um so that's 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 what it reminds me of. There's a special magic to all of it, and mm-hmm. even just you know the the Minneapolis miracle. And last week, I know the stakes are very different, but just like this team just seems to have a little something, something sprinkled on them that they're just finding the right plays, the right guys at the right times. I mean, what that fumbled snap for a touchdown is like the second time in like history, the first time in like twenty some years that a defensive touchdown was scored in the last minute of the fourth quarter to take the lead in a game in the NFL, like. Every statistical, the Vikings are just a statistical anomaly on a lot of these things. Like, it's just, they're doing things that just aren't being done. And, like, yeah. Jefferson had, what, was it nine contests or nine catches or something? Seven, nine? I don't remember the exact number. Seven or nine. I don't remember. Catches that were um, 
less than a 50% like catch probability according to the <laughs> and that was the most ever and like there was only like a handful of receivers all year that have seven or I think it was seven have seven or more for the whole year and he had seven on Sunday yeah um, so point is just again like you drop one of those seven and you probably aren't winning, you know, especially the one, you know, where the defender does help them catch the ball, but that's okay. Right. We'll take it. Again, so many things had to go the Vikings way. Cook's early touchdown, 81 yarder had to go the, it had to happen for the Vikings to have a chance. 81 and, yards. And about that, and about that play, by the way, quickly, did you yeah. see Justin Jefferson block on that? I did. Yeah. That, I mean, that's as, as silly as something like that is to point out. Like, the Vikings get eight yards if Justin Jefferson's, you know, he's ticked off that they're losing. He doesn't go full, you know, full 100% on that block. He just kind of mails it in. That corner makes that tackle, or the safety does rather, sorry. The safety makes that tackle. Um, but he goes and he clears out the safety like he's supposed to, full speed. And then you're putting Dalvin against the corner, and Dalvin wins that battle and goes 81 yards. I mean, that changes the whole game if he doesn't get that block. So just just another play where, I mean, I don't think that many people saw it, but I mean, that block sprung Dalvin. So if you want to see it, go to Baldinger breakdowns on Twitter. That's where I saw it. I don't know if that's where you saw it, but um, yeah, he did an analysis of, uh, of uh, Justin Jefferson's block springing Dalvin cook open, but then you come back to the fourth quarter. Now Uh, Mm -hmm. Vikings get a fourth down conversion on cousins to Hawkinson. They get a KJ Osborne fourth down conversion. And then, of course, they get Justin Jefferson's fourth and 19 uh, one-handed catch fourth down conversion. They completed three fourth down conversions, um, scored a touchdown, got the three and out, which was a huge play defensively. Patrick Peterson got the interception on fourth and two uh, when they could have kicked the field goal to be up 13. Um, There were so many things that, like, you know, thinking back about this game, I was like, are the Vikings really better than the Bills? Or did the Vikings need a freak fluke play to beat the Bills? Like, if we played the Bills this week again, can we go through all those plays and be like, oh, yeah, we can expect Josh Allen to fumble it at the half-yard line and the Vikings defense to jump on the ball? Or like you mentioned, are the Vikings just such an anomaly that all of these things they're doing is simply not repeatable? Yeah, I mean, so... I. You're probably right, like Rafe, that they play the Bills ten times. What they, I would say, four probably times they win. Maybe if I had to guess if that, yeah, yeah, I guess like that, two or three. But yeah, and I mean, but the thing, the thing that I take away from it is this: the Bills were the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. So Vegas is saying this is the best team in the league. This is the team that's the best shot to win the Super Bowl. The Vikings just proved they could go to that place, and regardless of how they did it, they could win. Right. We talked to them. Yes. There's some crazy things that happen. That's not going to happen every game, but the Vikings have enough talent to win anywhere against any team. As long as it's not a night game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're going to move the, they're gonna move the Super Bowl. I'm banking on it. When cousins makes it, it's going to be at noon, um, <laughs> maybe 1030 or play in London or something. Yeah. Um, but so the point is that that's what I take away from it is that, it doesn't, the Vikings prove that they can beat anybody anywhere. And that's all that I really need to see as a Vikings fan. I don't, obviously, yes. Could it have been a cleaner win? Could they look better? I mean, even compared to Kirk Cousins' stats this year to last year, like he was a more efficient passer last year in a lot of ways, less interceptions, 
all these things. But part of that comes with the territory. They're asking him to be more aggressive. So he's throwing more interceptions. Um, but right. Are they a perfect team? No. But did, by beating the Bills, do you show that there's any perfect teams in the NFL? Absolutely not. And the Vikings are in that top tier among the Chiefs, among the Bills, among the Eagles who just lost to the Commanders. You know, the Vikings were the only team to beat the Commanders in the last month. Yeah. You know, they're on a hot streak. So it's just showing that should the Vikings be the betting favorite? Probably not. They haven't looked overly impressive in their eight-game winning streak, which is crazy to say. Um, but should they be in the top three, probably among basically tied with the Chiefs and the Bills and Eagles, maybe tied, you know, for those four teams. Like those four teams are the clear four teams that if you had to pick an NFC championship game and an AFC championship game, that that would, those four would be my pick as who I would think would make it. Obviously, could the Vikings inversely lose to my like uh, right away when I saw the, yes. with the Cowboys, my first thought was, and this is just a you know scarred Vikings fan. Oh, the Packers are going to end up as the seven seed. The Vikings are going to be the two seed. The Packers are going to roll into a U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings are going to choke away a game, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing his championship belt and the skull chant, and you like that, and the Packers are going to beat the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs. So yeah. that, but that negativity doesn't belong here anymore. It's, yes. a new, it's a new era. New regime. The Kwesi and KOC regime. Uh, Packers, it's got to be a long shot for them to make the playoffs. I mean, they got the Eagles, they got the Titans. They're four and six. Yeah. Uh, we play them again, which seems more like a victory now in Lambeau than it did before the season. Uh, so this is so funny. Andy and I were talking yesterday, my brother, and we were talking about the Vikings games that could have gone either way. They're eight and one, but they could easily be like four and five. The mm-hmm. Lions game when the guy kicked the 54-yard field goal instead of going for it on fourth and one. Um, then we come down, KJ Osborne's touchdown. You've got the um, uh, so many other games throughout the regular season. You got, I can't even think of the games right now. <laughs> well, the Saints. I mean, the Saints had a Saints double game, doink. Double doink. Overtime. And, uh, even the Commanders game. I mean, they probably were on pace to lose that one the way that that freak touchdown and they were losing for a large chunk of the game and the bills game they could have lost and uh uh even the bears game if they don't get a uh on that long justin fields like i don't remember how long it was 50 60 yard rushing touchdown they get that joke holding call that it was or block in the back by a smith marset or whatever yeah it was but if that's not you know if he doesn't do that it's still a touchdown there's no penalty and all of a sudden the vikings are in some hot water so yeah i mean there's been plenty of kind of ifs and ands and buts but it's yeah. so funny when you look at that i've never seen an nfl season like this before like you said it's more similar to 2017 than it is uh, to 2009 and i would completely agree with that i would say one thing though Kirk Cousins is playing more like a gunslinger this year than I've ever seen Kirk Cousins playing. It's funny because I think his statistics were better last year with Mike Zimmer as the head coach, Um, Mm -hmm. but he's got the fourth quarter comebacks, and it seems like he's unleashing his arm more this year than I've seen in years past. It seems like he's not as hesitant to just Mm -hmm. chuck the ball downfield and and allow Justin Jefferson to make a play instead of – you know, dinking and dunking and making the accurate, simple play. He's allowing these star receivers on the Minnesota Vikings and star tight end uh, to be star players. 
Yeah, especially, I mean, this last Sunday, like he made so many throws where he was either getting crunched right when he threw it. He was throwing guys open. I mean, if you watch a little highlight reel of like his, the passes he made on Sunday, like he made so many improbable passes. Even there was one where there was a screen to Dalvin to the left. He got stuck in the lines and then Kirk like randomly like scrambled out to the right and found Adam Thielen who realized that it was a broken play and like leaked down the sideline yes. got him for 20 yards. And it's just like, does Kirk make that play last year? I feel like probably not. He probably just throws in the dirt at Dalvin's feet. Right. And that's probably, and that's probably what the coaching staff would tell him to do last year versus this year where it's like, be a great player. Like we think you're a great quarterback, go make great quarterback plays. Yeah. You're going to screw up sometimes. Um, you know, but it's, we, we trust you that you're going to have more wins than losses and that whole kind of risk reward situation of throwing it down the field and making aggressive mistakes. So yeah, I think you're totally right that he has looked, I mean, does thug cousins or whatever you call them or Kirk go or Kirk go chains come out last year? I mean, obviously not. I mean, uh, did you see there was a, uh, on Twitter, there was a video cycling around after last week of like a Mike Zimmer, like pre or post game speech yes. in the locker room. Yeah. And it's a little unfair. Cause like they're two different styles. Like you can still be an effective coach while being a more serious, like, and who knows when that speech happened. Right. So it's out of context. Could but, have been a preseason game. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the context matters, but it also just, there is some truth to like, I don't know, just today's generation. Atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Like just making your guys comfortable, not having a kind of a regimen of fear and having a regimen of like trust. Um, like that seems to be all Kirk or Kirk, uh, Kevin O'Connell's way is just like empowering his guys to to be the best players they can be yeah. versus it seemed like last year last handful of years obviously Zimmer's more of the you know p- rule by power and kind of like intimidate a little fear, bit intimidation yeah. like that kind of style again it can work in the right situations and I would say that it did for a while obviously um, but that kind of thing wears off on people after a while. But, you know, like I said, Zimmer was effective for a first handful of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just shows that the, the change really seemed needed, even just from a morale. Maybe I mean, there's like so many players. That's, yeah. I mean, there's so many players that spoke negatively of Zimmer um, mm-hmm. in this past offseason, even this season, talking about the, um, the locker room cohesion and the yeah. atmosphere and the culture that's been created. And I, I remember Brian O'Neill saying something like Zimmer didn't even say hi to you in the hallways as you walked past him. I just walked by him. And Patrick Peterson said some things, even uh, uh, Zimmer follower, Terrence Newman, who was a Viking mm-hmm. for like a year or two uh, said bad things about Mike Zimmer and, and Terrence Newman followed Zimmer wherever he went throughout his career. So He's one of Zimmer's guys, and he was saying something negative about him. Um, But I wanted to make another point about the Vikings' defense since we're talking about Zimmer. Uh, I've been on this all season long that they've outperformed their own talent level. Besides Zedarius Smith, uh, Patrick Peterson's having a resurging season, which I don't think anybody saw this coming. Um, But Mm -hmm. again, the Vikings' defense has made plays when they needed to make plays, the three and out uh, at the end of the game with, they had one time out left at the two minute warning. I'm like, wow, if they get one first down. This game might be over. And 
we stopped them immediately. And maybe we got some help from Stefan Diggs, but Harrison Smith had to make a play and, and Diggs dropped it. Um, mm-hmm. But Patrick Peterson's two interceptions mm-hmm. as the Bills are about to score a touchdown. Shut them down. And when I think about it, the Bills scored three points in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or or six points in the second half. Six, they had two goals, yeah. Yeah, six points in the second half. But they only scored 30 points for the game, and this is supposed to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Yeah, and I saw that, again, we're, we, we basically only know half of every stat that we see, right? Um, it was something like the last, it was the last three or four games the Bills haven't scored a touchdown in the second half or overtime. Mm. So part of it is the Bills seem to be hitting a wall a little bit. They're they're kicking field goals in the second half still, but they're not, you know, they're not converting touchdowns the way that they have been. So part of that might be a Bills issue, but the Vikings still, again, they earned it. They took it. I mean, were you doubting Viking stud cornerback Duke Shelley? (laughs) Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) I mean, did you see the play he made on the tight end? Yeah, that was a, I mean, that's, yeah, that was a wonderful play. And it was so funny. Like, like, Literally, the, the TV announcers weren't quite as aggressive, but the radio announcers were like, Duke Shelley? What? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Duke Shelley? Because <laughs> yeah, he's been a practice squad player the entire year. This was his first active game, if I'm not mistaken. And they they, the one play, and he's all in, in the yeah, camera space and all the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's so funny, because I was sitting there like, I've never heard that name once in my life. Duke Enjoy Shelley. your moment, Duke Shelley. Yep. But yeah, I, that just kind of shows it to the point, though, of guys are just stepping up when they need to. D- Daniel Hunter's finally starting to kind of look comfortable in this 3-4 kind of rushing scheme. He's finally making some noise. Um, obviously, uh, Zaria Smith has been the signing of the year. Um, That's true. It's just, yeah, it's been a special, special year on offense, defense. Special teams is Fine. I don't know what we're going to do about Greg Joseph, if they're going to do anything. Mike Zimmer would have fired his butt about five <laughs> weeks ago, but maybe we can get Daniel Carlson. He, the Raiders think we could trade back for him or something. Trade, I don't know. trade Joseph for Daniel Carlson straight up. Yeah, yeah I'll probably take it. <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on Jefferson's catch and then the uh, quarterback sneak that failed at the half-yard line and then Josh Allen's fumble and touchdown defensively? Sure. So let's see. So Jefferson's catch... I was debating with some friends if that was the best ever. And some people still liked Odell's because that, that was like. It's like over they, the, way, the way the way they put it was more skill involved. Like he, it was all like it was a clean catch with just his hand. And I was like, well, I mean, it doesn't matter does, if it's luck or skill. I mean, obviously luck matters a little bit because like we can think of Antonio Freeman, right? When way yeah. back when the Vikings ran into each other and it like popped into his hand like. If it's only luck, well, that was a pretty sweet catch. But, you know, so scale matters. But if it, if that corner doesn't have both of his hands on it, Jefferson probably doesn't maintain the ball because mm-hmm. that kind of helped him catch it. The part that absolutely blew my mind, which is kind of forgotten, I feel like, or not looked at as closely, is the way he did not drop it when he landed on his back. Yeah. I mean, that that's incredible that it moved around a little bit. Because I, when I saw the replay, I'm like, "Oh boy, it's gonna, it's gonna hit the ground. He's not gonna maintain possession through the ground. It's gonna be <laughs> incomplete." But it just bobbled a little bit, and then he just put that, you know, right in his pocket. I'm like, "That's, I, you know, that's unbelievable." I don't think people understand how difficult it is to jump that high, 
have no body, you know, the body control, you're landing on your back and still hold on to that thing. So that was insane. Yeah. Um, now, and one thing to that play, the defender, what is that guy doing? You literally swat at the ball and the game's over. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. he tries to go up, make the interception. And mm-hmm. I turn towards Taylor. like, man, if this guy slaps at the ball, there's no chance that Justin Jefferson can catch it because he's only got the one arm and this yep. guy's swatting at it. That yep. ball's going out of bounds and the Vikings are done. Yeah, it's a little different, but like how many Hail Marys have you seen completed because corners are trying to pick it off instead of just hit it, right? right. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the time, but it happens a lot where, right, just as a corner, you don't need the interception. Just get the ball to the ground as fast as possible. Right. So there's that. Um, Vikings play calling on the, what was it, first and goal from the one, basically. That wasn't the best I've ever seen. Um, Dalvin drops the walk-in touchdown. That was kind of a weird one. Um, but I like the Kirk. I'm, I wish you'd do the Kirk Cousins sneak on first down mm. to see if you can get it and yeah. then go to your bag and see what else you need to do and maybe come back to it on like fourth down if you need to. Um, but the play was there. I mean, if Kirk Cousins just reaches it out, Another half yard because he started to. I mean, but it was just an inch short. But it I mean, was, it yeah. should have worked. He just didn't reach in time. Um, so I liked that play call. But yeah, some of the other, the in between calls were kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, a little funky. Yeah. Right. Um, and then quarterback sneaks to, have been successful for the Vikings this year, though. Like Kirk yeah. Cousins on the quarterback sneak has been way better than I anticipated that he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, he's just setting up for the dude. defensive touchdown, you know, that's all O'Connell was doing. He's just prepping the defense for their touchdown. Well, we talked about it. Like, it's funny that Greg Joseph makes in that extra point. Like if he hits that, the Vikings might not be as aggressive because they might be going for a field goal, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. It just changed the whole dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, Josh Allen on that fumble was yeah, not something we've ever seen before. It was interesting listening to Ben Lieber talk about it. He talked about how, uh, I think it was Harrison Phillips. Mm-hmm. He kind of started to slant. So, like, a slant is you just, instead of going straight up on your the guy in front of you, you just angle one of the ways. Sure. So, he slanted towards the the uh, center, and he timed it pretty well. So, like, he just started to move. I mean, he timed it basically perfectly. And so, the center was snapping it as he saw... Phillips already kind of kind of coming down on him and it just created a funky exchange. And, you know, you have 11 guys that are all just pushing forward, but then all of a sudden the ball's falling backwards. You know, only the Vikings players are looking that way. Like it was just kind of the perfect scenario of, you know, luck and yeah. skill, I guess, if you want to say it skill, but for the Vikings. And I don't think you could really call any other play. And there was too much time to like scramble around and take a safety because then just a field goal. I mean, so the Bills made the right call mm-hmm. and that works 99.5% of the time, right? I mean, it's only really other, like it just doesn't happen. Right. Um, but we like just found that 0.5% where <laughs> the quarterback fumbles. His, so. If you needed any more evidence that it's the Minnesota Vikings year, the Vikings somehow beat the Bills on that play and the Eagles lost to the Commanders and now we're tied for the NFC lead. Um, Eagles have the tiebreaker, obviously, because they beat us earlier Mm -hmm. in the year. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if they lost again this year and I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings lost again this year. It's funny, we talk about the 
these next four games before the Bills game are like, well, you know, hopefully the Vikings go two and two, which I'm honestly still hoping that they do still go two and two because beating Dallas isn't going to be an easy task. Beating the Patriots, beating the Jets, beating the Giants. These guys are way better than we anticipated that they would be some of them, some of those teams. Um, But to wrap up the podcast, it's robe of the Mm -hmm. week time. So if you had to give a robe to somebody, Mm. um, if I had to give it to somebody, and there's so many different guys you could give it to. I'm going to give it to Kendricks mm-hmm. for jumping mm-hmm. on the ball and scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, there's a lot of options. Um, you could go Jefferson for, you know, being a boss. Kirk Cousins. You could go Patrick Peterson and his old uh, bones for getting all those INTs. Um you could go with Josh Allen or the Bill Center for yeah. helping out the Vikings. Um, yes. So many different ways you can go. I think I'm going to go where in one of the, in the game that was so super exciting, one of my memorable moments was sitting on my couch going, who the hell is Duke Shelley? So I'm going to pick Duke <laughs> Shelley for making a heck of a play. In the Let's go Duke Shelley. Pass to, set, to set up the Patrick Peterson interception. Yeah, I love so, it. Perfect. Duke where do you think Duke Shelley went to college? If you had a guess, I think it was Kansas State only because Ben Lieber said something about like my guy Duke Shelley. Oh, okay, let's see. I'm looking it up a, right now. It might be a Kansas State. Thing. During his junior year at Kansas State in 2017, at four years, Shelley started all 12 games and recorded 13 pass breakups, fourth most in the Big 12 Conference, and was given honorable mention All Conference honors. His senior year was marred by season-ending toe injury after seven games. So, you know, looks like he was drafted by the Bears. Come back. back. Waved by the Bears, signed by the Vikings on September 6th of this year. Duke Shelley giving us some props. Jake, JJ underscore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he does, because that was in overtime, right? Wasn't it over? Yeah, yeah. like the player two before, or was that the fourth quarter at the end? When it might have been fourth quarter at the end when yeah, it was important anyway. Yeah, there's a big play, big play by Duke Shelley. It might have been fourth quarter. It's big, big play. Doesn't matter. That's fine. Whatever. Duke Shelley, MVP of that game. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? I couldn't hear you. I was just chanting MVP. Oh, MVP. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. Okay. MVP. MVP. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to this edition of the Minnesota Tim Podcast with Jake's Takes. It's every Wednesday morning. Follow and rate the podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. We appreciate your downloads and listens. Thank you for tuning in. Jacob, thank you as always. Every Wednesday morning, you always deliver. Thank you. You as well. And we'll see you next Wednesday. I'll see you next, maybe Saturday at the game. Saturday. We'll see you Saturday for Watertown Mayor, New London Spicer. Yes. Let's go. That's right. Show it. Rep it. Let's go. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER.